Thank you very much for joining me on my new podcast, the Talk Yellow Podcast. The first episode, the young people say on Oxford United. Today, I'll be joined by a lifelong Oxford fan as we discuss the 1-1 draw at MK Dons, preview the Peterborough game, review the goalkeeping situation and talk about contract extensions. Thanks for joining. Well, all I could say was the ref was really shambolic, to be honest. He definitely should have sent off the keeper for MK Dons. And to be honest, Oxford definitely did deserve three points. Um, but we did switch off at times, uh, which where MK Dons did get their goal. But ref was really one of the worst I've really ever seen, to be honest. I mean, I think... Uh, over a few, a few matches. I mean, I think was it the Ipswich game? Maybe we had a few penalty appeals which weren't given as well. Um, over the part, I mean, that's one goal in four games for Oxford. Um, yeah. With no wins, in fact. So, uh, what what are your, I mean, playoffs? Do you think that's still possible? We're seventeen games to go, so it could be possible. But what do you think? Do you think it's still still there? Um, I think there is still a belief, I just have to say, but we will have tough opponents. I think we still have Hull City away still to come, and also we've got Peterborough on Tuesday night. So I think that's Peterborough, I think they're top of the league, aren't they? Um, yeah, they are. Um, yeah, so we will have a hard time against them on, on Tuesday. Um, and then we've got Charlton afterwards. Um I think definitely. I think they lost three 0 today. Um. So. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think definitely a winnable game. Yeah, I think I think Charlton has to be a must-win game for us. Um, but yeah. talking about Tuesday, then. Um, I think if we can go out there and lose one nil, or or get try and get a draw or win out of a game against Peterborough, who are who are top at the moment with uh, Johnson Clark Harris. Uh, one of the leading scorers in the league and a great striker. I mean, yeah, Peterborough have a history of great strikers with it, if Antonio now tearing up the championship with Brentford. Um, yeah. But if we can go there, uh, go to the Kassam, and if we can get a one or draw, a nil or draw, or something out of that game, I'll be pretty happy. And I think that, I think the squad will be happy and I think fans will look hopeful and look, um, will be a lot happier with our, with our performances. Yeah, definitely. I think if we do get some sort of point or something against Peter, but I think definitely it'll bring a little bit more hope alive for our playoffs. Definitely there's a lot of teams in the playoffs, like the likes of Thunder and Portsmouth, Hull and Doncaster in the mix there. And also Lincoln are only a point off. Um, being in the playoffs anyway, I know they're second at the moment, but they are not in the greatest of form. No, I mean... Against Swindon. Yeah, no, I mean, talking about Hull City, um, we played 29 games, they played 32, and we're, uh, they've, I mean, if we won our next three games and caught up with them, played the same amount of games, we would only be two points behind them. So, like, they look, they're third in the league, but that's only because they played two or three more games than everyone else, in some cases. But, yeah. uh, but then, also, I want to look down the league at 13th place Blackpool, who have played two games less than Oxford and are only two points behind us. Um I mean, I think the likes of Charlton and Crew and Plymouth, who have all played a few more games, do you think there's any chance for those teams to come above us? Or do you think it's really now the likes of Accrington, Ipswich, Oxford, you know, the ones going to be pushing on to the playoffs? 
Well, this season, I'm very surprised that Accrington are up there in seventh place, and normally they're about mid-table near the bottom. Normally, so credit to Accrington. Um, I think Accrington will rem- uh, will maintain their space at the top, and I think they will push for playoffs this season. Um, I think Crew will. Um, I think they will push us very hard, um, like Plymouth. But at the performance of a three-nil loss for Charlton today, I don't think Charlton will push for playoffs this season. No, I I I completely agree. I don't think Charlton will be uh, pushing for the playoffs either. But I do think I also don't think Crew will either because their recent performances. Um, have not been the greatest. They had a good game against Sunderland today, but they've also lost a few of their best players in the in that transfer window. And you know, last year we lost Fosu and Baptiste in the transfer window. And um, maybe maybe COVID kind of put us in the playoffs. I'm, I'm I'm personally I'm not sure if we would have maintained our place in the playoffs after losing those two. I think uh, the rack up of games maybe would have killed us, like it may be killing us now. You know, Winnell's out today. McGran's out for the season. Uh, and I yeah. honestly thought um, McGran was really vital in our win- in our winning run, and it was quite uh, not funny, quite upsetting to see how Brannigan came back at the same time McGran got injured. And I think that was, you know, I could just imagine those two in midfield. It would be, what you know, one to watch. Yeah, definitely. It's the same for Marcus McGran out for the rest of the season. He's now gone back to his parents' club, Nottingham Forest. Um, great player. He didn't start the best. Um, for Oxford at the start of the season, but definitely grew with so much pace and scoring some vital goals for us um, to get up from get up from around the relegation zone till now into the top nine. So he was a very vital player for Oxford. It's a shame that he's out for the rest of the season. Yeah, no, he was he was very good. Um, so I just want to go back to today's game. I mean, for me, I thought our first sixteen minutes or first twenty minutes until they scored were really good. I mean, I, I just thought, oh, it's going to be a bit like, we're going to go out there, we're going to play badly at the start, when they, they're going to score a goal, and then we're going to start playing well. And in the way, that was kind of the case as well. We went out there for the first 20 minutes, pressing hard, you know, Shadipo, Barker, Taylor, all pushing up, Elliot Lee as well. And, um, you know, I we were pressing hard, and we had the majority of chances. Um, but then I think when they scored the goal, the fluky goal, if I may add, uh, from the experienced player of Andrew Sermon, who we've seen play with Bournemouth in the Prem. Um, I think that goal kind of like thought made the players think, oh, the pressing's not working when it, it clearly was. And definitely the morale went down and the performance went down as well. And that was upsetting. Um, but I think the last 10 minutes, I, I do think um, Dan Adji as well came on and had a huge impact on the game. And I do think Carl Robinson will have to think about putting him in, in the squad more often. Um, and I mean, I guess, uh, I think, it, I, I personally, for me, I thought, I don't think he deserved to be dropped. I think he came on for that sub-appearance against Fleetwood and messed up a few times, to say the least. But um, it was only 10 minutes or 20 minutes that he was on the pitch for, and I think, uh, again, against Fleetwood. And I think that, that kind of cost him his place in the squad. I mean, what what are your thoughts on Dan Aji going forward? Do you think uh, he should stay in the squad? Do you think he should maybe... I mean, what are your thoughts? Well, yeah, firstly, like you said earlier, about we did push for the first 15, 20 minutes and then did knock off morale once then Sermon did score. Um, but I, I really did like the press for Oxford United, for the keeper and the defence. Um, we did bring the keeper out of his box quite a lot of the time. First 15 minutes, I was really happy with the attack there. 
So yeah, just going on to Ashley from your question, I think he should definitely stay in the squad. I think next game, I think he should start on the bench again, and then we'll attack um, Peterborough on Tuesday, maybe about 70 minutes in, maybe. Yeah. And then, because Taylor will get quiet, uh, quieter um, in the second half, later in the second half, so definitely add that more pace um, up front will be great, but um, it's definitely a huge loss for Sam Winnell as well. Yeah, I mean, um, all I'm all I'm gonna say is I think um, I'm happy we got a goal because we were gonna go without goals, and I think that goal, although it was still a draw, I think that was still uh, up the morale in the team. I think that will still make us play better. Um, I uh, I think overall my opinion on today's game was we played well, and I think um, at points we should have 100% played better. But I think overall, the last 10 minutes, we played extremely well and we look like a good League One side. I do think the players need to take it better when they can see the goal. Like, I feel like when we, for example, today when we conceded that goal, we played worse and we, we can't do that. We have to keep doing what we're doing because Carl has told them what to do. They go out there and do it. And if they come out losing, it's it's not their performance. It's going to be Carl Robinson's fault. Um. All, I, all I'm going to say is that uh, the press definitely works. And I mean, today's game, we played well for parts of the game. We we didn't play well for the other parts. But I think we should just focus on the positives, which is over. We got a draw against a team in form. And um, we'll go on to Peterborough and hopefully get uh, something out of that game. I mean, uh, what are your overall thoughts on today's game? And then we'll move on. Yeah, definitely started really well, as mentioned earlier. And then once Sturman did get the goal for MK Doms, it did definitely knock our confidence down. There was, there was quite a um, frustrating time um, till the end of half-time. Then starting second half, we started OK. There was a couple of attacks from MK Doms. And then the final 10-15 minutes, definitely, we, we pushed them. And then luckily, actually headed down for a great header for Elliot Lee in the last couple of minutes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the ironic thing has to be that, uh, uh, unfortunately, Winnell picked up an ankle injury. But the the funny thing has to be that Sykes was going to come on fairly early uh, until Winnell picked up that injury. So, thank God he didn't hey? Um Because there is, yeah. A, yeah, there's a huge. I mean, if we lost that game, we'd be eleventh, we're ninth. And the, the, uh, another funny thing is that we're closer. We've dropped down a place, but we're closer in points to the playoffs than we were before the game. Um, I think I th- I honestly personally think my thoughts on Doncaster were after we be- we they beat us three two they start their performances started to decline so I think maybe we pushed them um, a lot and I do not think they'll be in the playoffs unfortunately I think they they'll be ones to dip with the pushes of Accrington Ipswich and us I do think that something's got to give and that might be Doncaster Rovers. Yes, um, definitely we pushed Doncaster Rovers to their limit, to be honest. We were, I, I would say, definitely unlucky uh, to lose that game against them. But looking at Doncaster's performance today, they've lost against uh, Ipswich 2-1. So like you said, definitely, I can't see them staying in the, the playoffs at all, despite them having 49 points and only played one game less than Oxford, which is 28 games. So, But I still can't see Doncaster maintaining their place in the playoffs. No, me neither. And talking about uh, Ox's winning run, a key part to that was, of course, Jack Stevens in goal, number 13. 
been at the uh, been in the academy since sixteen. Um, I mean, he's just uh, he's a he's a great lad, and I think um, him signing only three and a half year deal is going to be vital to the youth success. What do you think on that? Yeah, definitely, he's very very vital to the Oxford squad this season. I'm so so happy that he's extended his contract for by three and a half years, and I think it was a possible year or something after that. So I'm really looking forward to the next three and a half years what Jack bring up and I have full confidence that he will be our number one next season. There will be a question on what happens to Simon Eastwood at the end. Yeah, of the so I mean I mean I, I Simon Eastwood had a few poor performances as he does and of course, you know, Oxford knew, Eastwood knew, Robinson knew that Stevens would get his chance and his chance uh came uh after was it the Swindon loss maybe early on in the season. Um Talking about Simon Eastwood, I don't think he wants. To, he's got a few years of you know number one keeping. If that's in League Two, or if that still is in a worse side in League One, uh, and I, I do think his contract will not be extended, and he will not stay at the end of the season. But my uh, my thoughts uh, um, on contracts and on goalkeepers, um, I do think we've got a 16 year old keeper called Eddie Brewery who is looking very bright. He was at MK Dons today, just like warming up. He wasn't on the bench, but he was. Um, He's there and he's 16 and he's looking really good. He's in the first team bu- bubble for COVID. Um, so my thoughts is we'll bring in a 33-year-old goalkeeper who's quite old, looking to retire in a few seasons, but can kind of like be the backup until Eddie Brewery is ready to be the backup. Um, I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are on the second keeper. I do think Eastwood will leave. Unfortunately, he's, he's done some incredible things for Oxford and he definitely changed the game after Benji Bouchel and Sam Slocum both left Oxford. Um, but, what? yeah, what are your thoughts? I would definitely say, like we've both mentioned about, I think Simon Eastwood will definitely leave at the end of the season. Definitely there's been a lot of highs when when he's been our number one keeper for many seasons. And one of those highlights that always sticks in my head was when we were in League, I think we were in League Two or maybe. No, we were in League One, sorry. Um, I think it was maybe our first season in League One when we played Newcastle in the FA Cup and um, he saved a penalty against Mitrovic. Um, so that, and he saved so many great saves and blocked I, I, everything off the line. It was, it was one of the best games he probably has ever played in Oxford's career. No, I, I don't think we can ever doubt his commitment and uh, his passion for this club. Um and I don't think we can doubt his keeping abilities either because he's a he, he's a great keeper. But I think, I think, well, I think keeping Stevens at the club at his age kind of may have implied that um, he was going to get his chance. And if that chance had failed, maybe he would have gone. But um, Carl Wilmington revealed in January that there was some interest from uh, higher uh, championship clubs, higher League One clubs, such as um, ones who are in automatic promotion at the moment. Uh, but I mean, we're lucky we got him, and I think he wants to stay at Oxford for as long as long as he can. A bit like Josh Ruffles after he made his three hundredth appearance uh, against Portsmouth. I mean, that's great, isn't it? But the only thing is, uh, he hasn't signed his new contract for the Yellows because his contract runs out at the end of this year. What are your uh, thoughts on? I mean, do you think he'll sign a new contract? Pretty sure Josh Ruffles will sign a, a new contract for Oxford at the end of the season. Making his 300th appearance um, last game was fantastic and really happy for Josh Ruffles. He's been at the club so long in the Michael Appleton era and everything. 
played in both games at Wembley against Barnsley and Coventry in the, in the cup finals in the second trade. And um, so I was really proud for Josh Ruffles, whose performances have been brilliant. Almost every game he's played for Oxford has been brilliant. I mean, he's a brilliant player. And I, I, I mean, I think him being an Oxford boy and having his family in Oxford, although he, um, I think he joined us at 19, I'm not too sure, I think around that age, but he was at Coventry before that. Um, yeah. Uh, because I, I don't know what happened, but um, but he, he, he's a great player and his family's here, you know, his girlfriend lives here. I think that will uh, mean he'll definitely sign a new contract if it's right wage and at the right time for him. Uh, and I think Oxford have to give him a contract along with Alex Gorin, who has been a key part of Oxford's success in recent weeks. He didn't play against Portsmouth. Um, in a way, I kind of agreed with that. Him not playing, I think, giving other midfielders a game. Um, James Henry in and around there. I do think James Henry coming off the bench today gave an impact. And when I looked at yeah. today's lineup against the MK, I, um, Brandon Barker, Mitch Deeper, I thought that would happen. And it did happen. But uh, I, I, I don't think I agree with it ever happening again. Not in the mean way, just because I kind of think that maybe we need someone like James Henry or Elliot Lee on the right wing. But um, but Mitch, uh, not Mitchell Depot, uh, Elliot Lee played really well at Cam today. So maybe he, I think he'll stay there for the foreseeable future. Uh, I think Brandon Barker and Mitchell Depot will kind of cover the left side and maybe James Henry and Mark Sykes will both compete to be on that right side. But I don't think playing them both will work for Oxford in the future. I mean, do you think it will work? What are your thoughts, Ian, on, um, on playing them both or not playing either of them? I mean, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, I completely agree with you, to be honest. I think Sadipo and Barker are mainly suited on the left wing there. I think when when they both were tiring out, I think we definitely lost our firepower to our attacking game, and that's where Azu did have to step in there. So definitely uh, what Robinson has been doing in the past games is play Barker or Sadipo in this first 11, and then the other makes a straight swap. And I think that is the right idea that we do need them if, and if if it ever did get to the stage like today we'd have to play both on uh, so Buck on the left and Sadiq on the right he definitely still got that attacking power and we have got Azure as well with the pace just in case one picked up an injury or something or was on yeah, um, or thin ice on the yellow yeah I mean I, I, I agree with you I do think for me when I saw Brandon Barkley's coming to the club, you know, he's got great Man City Academy training, you know, he's played for England at youth level and he produces absolute moments of magic. When he gets the ball, I'm like, oh, what's going to happen here? And he's a great player, yeah. but I sometimes feel he's not putting his, his, his heart and his, you know, his body on the line for Oxford. I'm not sure if that's because he's on loan or what, what that means, but I, I'm, I kind of think in a way, Mitchell Depot is natural, uh, is, naturally worse like he's not as talented as Brandon Barker but he puts yeah. all this effort and passion into winning that ball and to keep running when uh, Brandon Barker gets the ball he produces magic um some uh, I mean he did today and uh in points and they both did but I also believe that um when Mitchell Depot changed to the right side I could see why that happened um but their left back was really experienced he knew what he was doing against a player like Mitchell Depot who's less experienced in these leagues and I do think James Henry maybe should have come on earlier on that right side, just because Mitch Adipo couldn't handle, couldn't get past this left back. 
and this left back was easily handling him. When when James Henry came in and was putting all these crosses in the box and passing it around him, it was more like uh, the left back couldn't handle it. Um, that was really obvious to me. I'm not sure what you think about that and if you want to maybe express uh, how you feel about Brandon Barker and Midshadipo and how much they try in their effort. I definitely have to say, it did get kind of frustrating when Carl Robinson hasn't made any substitution changes um, on 70 minutes. I was thinking, when are we going to make a sub? Because I think we could all, as Oxford fans, if you were not watching on iSilo, um, could see that we were just tiring out and then we needed that attack and boost where we did get James, the likes of James Henry and Dan Arjun on the pitch. But moving on to the um, Midation Depot and Brandon Barker situation. I think I do have to agree with you. I think Brandon Barker has got more of a talented, talented skill on him than Mide. Um I think Mide does does still have that attacking power in him. But what I do really like about Brandon Barker is when he does win the ball in defence and he does get all the skill and technique on point and everything, he, he really does get from Josh Raffles' left-back position all the way to a proper up front and um, can provide the forward, um, I think, I don't know, is it a ball against, um, I can't remember which team we played at home now, but it was a tapping for Sam Winnell. Um, it might have been in the was that, was that, was that, was that Wimbledon? Yes, it was. Yeah, it was the quarter-final of the, of the cup there um, in Papa John's and it was a great ball. Um, into someone to tap in. So that, that is something I do like about Brendan Barker. But it doesn't always have that attacking power in him when he's not always up to his full potential. He's, he's, he's what I like to call unpredictable. I mean, he can do this stuff. But I think, you know, um, that's when if you have... Bra- so for me, he hasn't, you know, today he didn't put in... He put in some decent things. And then... Um, maybe I was like in the back of my head thinking maybe we should bring him off because he could produce this moment of magic. He's played, you know, he plays for Rangers in, who are top of the Scottish Premiership. They're, they're a good team and he's he's in and around their starting lineup. So he, he must be that good. And I feel like, you know, leaving on that pitch, he might produce moments of magic and it may take a lot of confidence for Carl Robertson to take him off because he's, he's that good. Um and he can produce these epic crosses and skills that ultimately score a goal. But I do think um, maybe taking uh, him off was really uh, was vital um, in maybe winning today, just because the tenacity of the subs, like pushing forward Mark Sykes, Dan Aji, James Henry, Anthony Ford when he came on, they were all you know really want, wanting to win the game. Um, Dan Aji, we're going to be all absolutely relying on him. If Stan Winnell's got a serious ankle injury and is out for a few weeks, we, we were going to need him. Um, you know, Rob Paul, we've still got, who wasn't in match they scored today, and J- Jamie Hansen. Um, but we're going to need these players eventually. Like Carl said, he's he's not going to put anyone out alone because, I mean, the players that we've got in the squad at the moment, we, we're going to need because they've there's going to be an injury crisis at some point. And I feel like it's going to be now with Stan Winnell and Marcus both out. If someone gets injured against um, Peterborough on Tuesday, we're going to be in some deep, deep stuff. Um, what are your thoughts on kind of like uh, Dan Aji, Jamie Hanson, Rob Paul coming back into the squad, uh, Dan Aji up front and Sam Winnell's injury? Yeah, it's a, it's a uh, big shame that Sam Winnell is injured because he's 
it did take him probably about a month or two for him to get up to his full full potential. And then um, definitely Dan Ashley has come in really well. He hasn't, I don't think he's been on the bench or in the squad at all for about a month now. Uh, but definitely see him on the bench today. I'm, I knew he, he would definitely come up, come on at some point, and he proved probably to be the best substitution we've made this season. And that's it, obviously in my opinion. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with you. Um, Dan Angie was. I mean, we've got you know. I think in a few games this season, we've seen that subs have been vital to us scoring goals and winning the game. Um. For me, Sam Winnell only really reached his potential of what we could see him doing in the middle of like uh, our winning run. I mean, before that, I didn't really see anything that personally I thought was great. But, you know, when I saw him come on that pitch for that three minutes, he was running as fast as he could, trying to score the goal. And, um, you know, there was points in the game, I think there was one chance where Matty Taylor shot when he should have passed it to Elliot Lee through. And I know that's hard for a striker who's been on such yeah. a goal drought. And hasn't scored many goals. I mean, as a club in four goals, to only score one goal is, you know, not great. Um, especially a club like us, you know, we're, we're in and around the playoffs. We can't be scoring one goal in, in four games uh, uh, if we want to get if we want to get promoted. Um, um, I feel like it's hard for Matty Taylor, although he may not show it, it is going to be hard for him maybe not to score. And maybe to, tonight he'll go back home and he'll think, oh, I should pass it to Elliot. When he, at that moment, he just wants to score a goal. Um, I know it's 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 a hard it's a hard situation for a striker to be on a goal drought. Yeah, definitely, and um, yeah, definitely, you should have passed it Elliotly, and um, would have would have been in there. Um, and I think the game would have been a whole lot different if he did pass it into Elliotly. But aside from that, I think it's just definitely disappointing that Matty hasn't got um that is on a, a goal drought at the moment. But hopefully, maybe when he gets his next goal for Oxford, hopefully he'll be back up to that. Firepower and, and scoring the goals um, for the next couple of weeks and will be vital for Matty Taylor to get at least one or two goals and hopefully we'll fire him up for, for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Matty Taylor is a great player and like Carl Robinson said, he, didn't want, he doesn't want to swap our front three of Mid Depot, Brandon Barker and Matty Taylor, he wouldn't swap it for any, for any other team in the league any other front three in the league. Um, I do feel that over recent seasons, maybe before Matty Taylor, we did have problems scoring. Yeah. I know that that's going to be, uh, uh, you know, some fans will disagree with me, but I do think we never had that really good striker. I think the last really good striker that I could think of is Kemar Roof. I do think in between Kemar and Matty Taylor, we did have problems scoring. Um, and, you know, a lot of these players that we have at the moment, such as James Henry and Matty Taylor, they... They fight really hard and they do stuff that we don't see. And um, you know, in the playoff final last year, lots it's gonna, you know, there's stuff in the back of their mind like they did wrong. You know, in the playoff final, Elliot Elliot Moore, who's been, I think, one of our standout players this year. You know, he was the one who missed, who who never misses a header. He got in that playoff final and he was the one that missed ultimately ultimately missed the header, that yeah. uh, that Wickham scored off. And um, you know, James Henry. You know, when after that lose that game, it's really hard for a team and the p- certain players who played to pick themselves up and go again the next season in the same league. You know, James Henry, I think, uh, was literally in the goal where he could have shot and scored, and he decided to pass it yeah. into Matty Taylor, and Matty Taylor got 
tackled and that was in the playoff final and you lose stuff that you know oh I did this wrong I did this wrong it can really uh, harm um, Chaos Morel and I think that was definitely shown in the first bit of the season when you know all these new players that came in we lost Rob Dickey Rob Atkinson came in um, who had just played, finished his loan at Eastleigh for goodness sake and uh, um, you know for him to step up from a Eastie to EFL League One, I think he's done incredibly well. He's a great player uh, for his age. And I, I I think I could see him playing, you know, getting nabbed off us in a few seasons' time if we don't go up. You know, not this year, but maybe next year. Um, and I think he, he could be vital in also success. I mean, if Elliot, Elliot Moore could, could go at the end of the season, you know, lots of championship clubs will look at centre-backs in our league and Elliot Moore's a really good centre-back. Uh, we have a history of centre-backs and Curtis Nelson, Rob Dickey. Um, so, you know, Elliot Moore could be the next one to get nabbed off Yeah, us. definitely. And um, last season when we did have Rob Dickey, I wasn't have, I didn't have the full faith in Elliot Moore. I think it was, was it his first season for Oxford. Um, and um, it wasn't, I wasn't have full faith in him, but this season I have, have my full faith in him. He's our, he's our skipper, our captain. And, and he plays well every single game. And um, hats off to him. He has improved by 100% since last season to this season. And, um, yeah, so I'm really, really happy about that. Um, I think he will be definitely a key player that we won't want to lose in the summer transfer window. Um, I think it's definitely worth a fair bit of money to try and decline all offers if, if we did get any, which I'm pretty sure I will probably here and you were here as well there will be plenty of championship sides like you like you said before you asked me the question about um will there be championship teams asking how much is Elliot Moore and the answer the simple answer is yes there will be probably probably about three or four maybe even five championship teams that need a centre back and they will look at Elliot Moore. I mean, I'm looking at QPR's form right now and they're doing incredibly well. And Rob Dickey's been a key yeah. part of that for them. You know, Curtis Nelson's at Cardiff. Uh, Shea Dunkley, I think, is at Sheffield Wednesday. They're all players that have played in the centre-back line for Hawks in the past and they've all been great players for us. Um, you know, players such as Elliot Moore and Cameron Brannigan and maybe even Alex Gorin, who have played a key part in Oxford's maybe success over this year and last year, maybe looked at. And I mean, I think Cam's got a release clause, but I think that's pretty high, so I don't think unless he's actually worth that, uh, or if the championship side's desperate, um, they'll actually do that. And I, I mean, Cameron might not even go, want to go for that club. Um, but finally, as we finish off today, I just want to ask you three questions. And on a scale from one to ten, how well, ten being the best, how well do you think we play today? Uh, what are you hoping for at Peter Brighton? Like two words. And um, I mean, uh, do you think players such as Ruffles and Gorin would extend their contracts with the others? Um, so your first question there. Um, today's performance. Um, I'd have to give it probably an eight. Um, it's definitely not a nine or a ten because we didn't play the whole whole game brilliantly because we did lose a lot of possession. Um, in the midfield quite a lot, and there was scruffy times where MC Don uh, forwards did attack us, and obviously that's where Sermon got their goal. And there were worrying times. Um, probably. I think it was about 60 or 65th minute. Um, there was a. Oh, it was just, it was just amazing how MK Don didn't score 
and hard work and training. Um, I think I'm sure they will go in tomorrow for training on Monday and um, put in hard work then and I think we will get at least a minimum of a point um, against Peter Barrier. High flying Peter at the top. Um, I definitely would take a point and it would be very vital for our playoff push um, for the rest of the season. And definitely want Ruffles and Gorin to extend their contract. So yes, there are nervy times where Gorin does get booked and he does get suspension. I don't think he's too far off of probably two or three yellow cards off getting a two-match suspension. Of, um, probably, probably, probably got about seven or eight yellow cards this season. Um, so that is the only worrying thing about Gorin. But he, he, today he showed one of the best tackles ever. I think it was Cameron Jerome was was virtually one on one with the with Jack Stevens. Yeah, no, Cam Jerome was legging it into the box. Yeah, Cam Jerome was legging it into the box and Alex Gorin, wow, well, that could have been a pair, yeah. that could have been a red card and it was just a cracking tackle Yeah, that, that was yeah. a great um, Yeah, And um, Josh Ruffles, he does have that partnership really well as he always has against, um, sorry, with um, Cameron Brannigan. I remember when it was a home game against Wickham and I think it was near the end of the season, a couple of seasons ago, and Josh Ruffles, great long-range goal, and looped over the wicking keeper, and that, that always shows that they have a great partnership together. Yeah, um, so I I agree. I do think today we, we, we played well in parts, but I think we don't we shouldn't just play well in parts. We need to play well for 80 to 90 minutes of the game. We need to play well for the majority yeah, really. of the game. I would give it a 7 um, I think uh, we need to get at least a draw of Peterborough. I agree. And I think we, if we train tomorrow, um, we can get at yeah. least a draw. Um, and I think we need Ruffles and Gorin, especially if we're still in next one, League One yeah, next year. Right. If we're still in League One next, next year, we need Ruffles and Gorin. We need to be in the motion places. We can't just drop down like we've done this year. And like... Um, like we've done a few seasons before. I, I, we need to be pushing high and we need to aim high. Thank you so much for joining me on my first episode of the Talk Yellow podcast. Stay tuned for more interviews and podcasts soon. Thanks.